You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. Updates on the Russian treason arrests with side suspicions of underworld infighting. A principal victim of Shamoon 2 says that it has now recovered. IoT threats and the risk of always-on, always-listening devices. French security officials warn that cyber jihad could enlist cyber mercenaries. Cisco patches its telepresence software. And don't worry, no one really got locked into their rooms at that posh Alpine resort. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, January 30th, 2017. Counter to some expectations late last week, the arrest of Kaspersky security researcher Ruslan Stoyanov has begun to look like an actual espionage case as opposed to the corruption beef many suspected. Sergei Mikhailov, deputy chief of FSB's Center for Information Security, has also been arrested, with Novaya Gazeta and Radio Free Europe reporting over the weekend that the men are charged with passing information to the Americans. A third man, FSB Major Dmitry Dogochayev, was also arrested in the sweep. Krebs on security thinks the treason dust-up is related to suspicion over who's been leaking unflattering material about Russian leaders to the gadfly blog Shaltay Bolte. That's the Russian equivalent of Humpty Dumpty. And this, in turn, he suspects is connected to long-running grudges among figures in the Russian cybercriminal underworld. Novaya Gazeta also reports that Mikhailov is thought to have provided information about hosting service King Servers to U.S. intelligence services. King Servers is owned by Russian national Vladimir Fomenko. His servers were used as a platform for hacks of Illinois and Arizona state election systems in 2016. Those attempts are generally unattributed, but are thought by some observers to be connected with Russian security services. Another one of Fomenko's customers was the Russian electronic payment entrepreneur Pavel Rublevsky, whose company, Chronopay, was implicated in various cyber attacks on Russian companies. Rublevsky was arrested in 2011 and convicted in a Russian court in 2013. Fomenko says he has no connection to any hackers or cyber criminals who might have made use of King servers. Radio Free Europe says Mikhailov testified in court that he, quote, knew Vrublevsky and his talents well, end quote. The story is, as they say, developing. Saudi Arabia's Sadera Chemical Company says it, or more precisely Symantec, hired by Sadera, 
has completed remediation of the Shamoon attack the company recently sustained. But the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia remains concerned about further infestations, especially since it strongly suspects Iran as the source and origin of the regional malware threat. This suspicion is widely shared. Iran has taken some shots at targets in the U.S. as well, mostly in the financial sector, and one famous intrusion into the controls of a small flood control dam in downstate New York. Iran may have demonstrated some hacking chops, but its Islamist rival, ISIS, so far has not. That happy situation may not last long. Guillaume Poupard, director of the French security agency ANSI, warned at a conference last week that while jihadist groups have so far shown little hacking ability, this could change rapidly should digital mercenaries sell the groups their services. The mercenaries could do so inadvertently, given the anonymity of much black market information sharing. And of course, hacking aside, such groups have shown considerable facility with influence operations. Cisco has discovered and patched a remote code execution vulnerability in its telepresence multiport control unit, MCU software. Fixes are available for the MSE 8510 and 5300 series models. The 4500 model is also vulnerable to the remote code execution flaw, but it won't be patched. It reached its end of life last July. Last week, we heard allegations that U.S. Cellular had sustained a breach, and we noted that the telecom provider had found no sign that it had been compromised. U.S. Cellular confirmed to us early this morning that the purported breach is bogus. The data posted in Hacker Fora didn't come from any U.S. Cellular database. And finally, ransomware hit a resort hotel in Austria last week, specifically a picturesque lakeside alpine four-star hotel. Reports were more than a little breathless, claiming that guests had been locked into their rooms. That didn't happen and apparently isn't possible, because fire codes require that hotels let you out of your room whatever electronic state their locks may be in, as hotel manager Christoph Brandstater pointed out to Bleeping Computer. Nor were guests locked out either. Apparently what did happen is that the hotel's ability to make new keys was impaired, and that this is what the extortionists held at risk. While not as lurid as initial reports had it, the incident is nonetheless further evidence of the way cyber extortionists are turning to the Internet of Things as ways of disrupting businesses. In the meantime, don't worry about getting locked into your hotel room. Worry about that free Wi-Fi instead. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire.
The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me once again is Joe Kerrigan. He's from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. Uh, Joe, welcome back. You know, uh, we had a story recently on the CyberWire about this uh, this little caper that happened with the Amazon Alexa. Right. Uh, where uh, a, a news organization in San Diego uh, announced uh, that uh, actually we've started calling her she who will not be named so <laughs> right. as to not activate her. <laughs> That's a good uh, policy. Among yeah. our listeners, yes. But uh, someone, uh, uh, this news story... Uh, summoned the name, and uh, many people within their listening area, uh, without knowing it, ordered a dollhouse over, right. <laughs> over the thing. So I wanted to address this issue of these always-on listening devices. Uh, there are several of them. Right. There's the Alexa. You know, you've got the, I don't want to say the OKGOOGLE, because my, my phone's <laughs> sitting right next to me. Right, right. Um, and then you've got uh, Cortana from Microsoft. Yeah. And they're always on. And and. Uh, Amazon's done something where they've where they've made the device uh, a separate device that you keep in your home. And I'll tell you, as a um, I'm an Amazon Prime member, yep. and when this came out, I got a special offer that said you can you can get an Amazon Echo in your house, and we'll sell it to you as an Amazon Prime member early for ninety nine dollars. And I was like, ooh, and I, I yeah, it sounds very exciting, very very cool. And I, I go home and I, I mention it to my wife, and she goes, I can't believe you of all people want to put a bug in your house. That's right. That's <laughs> and I, right. it took my wife telling me that this thing is essentially always listening, and you don't know what the uh, you know what it's storing and what it's not storing. Uh, Amazon says the only thing they're storing is the information after you say the keyword to open it up. Right. They say it has like a sixty second buffer, and it's not right. actually sending. You know your your raw audio to Amazon, um, but you know it's, it's sending something to Amazon that that represents your raw raw audio because they're doing a search on it. Right. Whether that's a sound X that gets processed on on the machine in your home, or or something, it's it's enough information to understand what you what you've said. But you know, it also got me thinking about how you know, like on my laptop computer. You know, like a lot of people, I have a piece of tape over the camera on the computer. I have that, too, on, uh, on my laptop. But that you can't really do that with a microphone. No, you can't. Um, and that's actually an interesting thing. I've, I've heard at the Department of Defense, they, they open up your new laptop and they disable the microphone right off the bat. That's one of the first things they do. Also, at, at home, I have a, a big old tower PC that mm-hmm. is my main PC. I, you know, I enjoy playing video games, so I like to have a nice PC that I can upgrade and, and and swap out parts for. And that's great, but it's not exactly a portable machine. Right. Uh, these portable machines are essentially not user serviceable. So when you have a microphone that's built into these portable machines, you have very little control over it. And we've seen that in our research with uh, Matthew Brocker and Steve Checkaway, uh, probably around three years ago, found a way to turn on the older MacBook cameras mm-hmm. without notifying the user with a little LED, green, a little green LED. Wow. What I'd like to see happen is I'd like to see hardware manufacturers uh, offer a way for me to physically disconnect these devices from the rest of the computer. Uh, not with software, but to physically throw a switch and have these things uh, no longer hot, as it were. 
So swinging back to the Alexa, uh, you know, Amazon right. says you can uh, change the word that summons uh, her. Right. <laughs> so uh, that seems like a pretty good uh, thing to do right off the bat there to protect yourself from people accidentally uh, purchasing things for you. Right. And there's also uh, parental controls you can put in. Uh, I actually have an Amazon Fire TV uh-huh. and my my nephews came over one day and they're now they're four and five and they were just playing with the remote and ordered some video um, that kind of look like a it might be a good kids video and, and charge my account three bucks you know there you go uh, that's was, how they get you exactly it was an inexpensive <laughs> way for me to learn a lesson to put parental controls on it you know everybody in my house knows the parental control codes but my four-year-old nephew doesn't right so yeah it's it's a matter of what you know the kind of security that you need to be usable all right joe kerrigan thanks for joining us my pleasure Dave. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.